not so much in sports, but in academics, that um, you know the sky was the limit and anything was possible. I think it's why you see so. I mean, we're only 1.3 million people from that country, and yet I can show you in everything from Hollywood to academics where there's somebody from Trinidad that that you know. That's that's a very remarkable thing for a country that size. Okay, uh, what got you into running track? I actually was not interested in track until um, a lot later. I um, I was playing soccer both in Trinidad and when I left and migrated to New York, and um, I was discovered in, in New York by the uh, by the high school coach there, who just kind of saw me run down the wing and said, "Have you ever tried? Um, you know, have you ever tried track and field?" And uh, it started from there. So I started at a relatively late age at uh, at sixteen. Um, and, and did pretty well pretty early and uh, you know that was that was all it took that was that was enough to get me in it and keep me in it okay. when you started did you think that you would get to the level that you eventually got to be an Olympian and everything I don't think anybody starts out thinking they're gonna be um, Olympic level um, I started to be honest because most of the kids on the track team were from the Caribbean like I was it was it was a good way to to socialize and kind of fit in a lot of them and come over from the track team as well and um no i don't i don't think i had any inclination at the time that um you know that that the olympics were going to happen the funny thing about that is in two years i was in the olympics because i i only started at 16 and by 18 i was in the olympics in barcelona in 1992 so um it just goes to show that you know a lot can happen quickly if you're um if you're dedicated and if you um you know if you get the right breaks Let's talk about your first Olympic uh, Olympics. So you talked about it. You got there when you were eighteen. What was that experience like? Was it intimidating? Um, intimidating and humble. Uh, intimidating because I was I was seeing and lining up next to um, people who I had never um, I had you know I I only seen on TV, um, and that was that was that was big for me. Um, and then humbling because. I should probably have done better, but I was out in the first round, mainly because I was eh, not ready for the moment, but in there probably a little too overconfident, um, hadn't properly prepared. And, um, you know, that, that, that was it. I, I, I did get to see a lot of Barcelona because I didn't have to run that much. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it was in- intimidating and humbling. Yeah. Uh, how many more days were you there after you ran that, uh, that first time? Well, that's, a, that's the thing about the Olympics that people forget. So when you watch the Olympics, most people don't go home, right? So if if you and I go to the Olympics and I have eight races and I you know I get through all of them, I get through my rounds and my relays and all that stuff, we make it to the final. I might be running every day. If you're out in the first round, you will have run two days and the rest of the time is just yours. <laughs> um, I think some countries now have started to send their their athletes back early just so they don't have to pay for uh, to house them in the in the Olympic village. But certainly back then. Um, you know, it's what we call being a tourist. It's like, yeah, you went to the games, uh, you you did more sightseeing and shopping than you than actual running. But uh, that that was me at eighteen. Okay, so you go back in nineteen ninety six. Were you more comfortable this time around? I, it was a completely different. I was not the same person, not the same athlete. Being you know a year out of high school at eighteen versus being the NCAA record holder, the NCAA champion, the UCLA school record holder. Um, undefeated by collegians in, in two years at, uh, at at UCLA was just you know I I, I went into I went into um, into Atlanta 
as one of the favorites, as opposed to going into Barcelona four years before as a virtual unknown. Um, so it was, it, it was. I mean, four years made a huge difference in terms of my confidence, my preparedness, and and and, and let's just be honest. As an eighteen-year-old, you're not really, you're not mature enough physically to go in there and 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 deal with the, um, you know, the 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 best athletes in the world. At twenty-two, I was, even though I was probably the youngest in the final. Okay, so in two thousand, you go back again, uh, third time. Uh, does it ever get any easier? Do you ever? Um, well, I said like last time, you feel more comfortable. Does it continue to get easier the more you continue to go to the Olympics? You know what? I think it actually does because by the time I went back again for my third time in Sydney, now as an established veteran, I had won a world title in between um, '96 and 2000. Now you go in there and it's almost like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The you, you're not even you're not even impressed or 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 noticing the things that a first-time Olympian would notice. It's like, I'm here to do a job, and everything else is sort of inconsequential. So, yeah, I think it did get easier because my easiest Olympics in terms of getting on that podium was probably Sydney in 2000, um, whereas my you know my hardest one was probably um, in 1992 in Barcelona when I was just 18. So, yeah, it, I think it did get um, – I went to four, and I think, I think it did get easier as, as, as they went on. Okay, so you come home with not just one, but two Olympic medals. What is that feeling like? Well, for my whole country of Trinidad, it was very significant. Probably more significant for the country's history than my personal history. I knew that, look, I, I'm, I'm going to get more than one medal or more than two medals. I knew I was going to have, um, I thought I was going to have a, a pretty good career and, go, and win multiple medals. When I win that medal in 1996, it's the country's first medal since 1976. Okay. So we've gone two decades without winning any. So I think, and, and, and the last medal that we had won was an Olympic gold. So for a country back then of a million people to have the 100-meter Olympic gold, which is the most prized Olympic medal in the entire Games, I think a lot of the population took it for granted. And the guy who had won it was taken for granted. And he was kind of like discarded, like, yeah, yeah, he did this thing, but, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's no big deal. So to go 20 years and then have nothing, I think, created a renewed interest in, uh, in the population where it was like, yo, like, this, this, guy has, this guy has, you know, sort of renewed our Olympic um, fortunes. And, uh, you know, who, who's going to come help him? Because that was part of the problem. We just had, like, one person... Um, sort of sort of shouldering the load. Uh, what's interesting about that is that I win that medal in 1996, and then every year since then, we've won an Olympic medal, and we've also won won another another uh, Olympic gold medal as well. So it's it's good to know that I sort of you know stopped that drought and got things going again. Although it doesn't look like um, we may win a medal in, in Tokyo. Okay, so you go back in 2004, your fourth time. What is your mindset going into this one? Do you have, is it in the back of your mind that this might be my last time being here? That not only do I want to bring home a medal, but I want to soak in every experience because I might not get this chance again. I didn't know, I don't, I don't think I knew when, uh, when 2004 Olympics start that they're going to be my last. I'd been a really bad um, accident in 2002. 
um, a drunk driver hit me head on in Trinidad. And I didn't know it at the time, but the clock was sort of accelerated towards the end of my career. So I survived the accident, but I was never really the same physically. My, my, my hip was, was shifted badly and I was just, I was just never the same athlete. And I, I wasn't, I was, I went from never being injured to always being injured. I went from never having to run in pain to always having something go wrong. And um, when 2004, when those Olympics start, I think I have a pretty good chance I go out in the first round because my body just is not able to summon the performances like I used to be able to when I had to. So um, we make the final in the four by one, and I decide right there after that race, I'm like, yeah, I'm 30 years old, but I'm done. Because I knew I didn't want to continue doing something I didn't love, and the love for it was gone. And I knew I didn't want to continue to stick around you know, I, I mean, I, I, as a sports fan, I'm sure you've seen this. Athletes that stick around too long, it's the it's the worst thing ever. You know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, I mean, and many great athletes have done it. Muhammad Ali stuck around too long. Um, you know, Mike Tyson's still trying to fight. Um, there are a lot of athletes we can point to. Some, some say Michael Jordan should have retired uh, maybe a little sooner. So I never wanted to be that. I, I said, you know what, the minute that this thing looks like it's coming off the rails, let me just quit. And at 30, that's young for a pro athlete and certainly for a pro sprinter. People said, ah, you'll be back. I've never looked back. Did you have a more sense of peace because you did decide to go out on your own terms? Well, if it, if it was on my own terms, I don't want a medal or, or done better <laughs> than being, being out in the first round again. But, um, yeah, I think there is some sort – the fact that I controlled it, the fact mm-hmm. that I said, you know what, I'm getting off at this stop as opposed to somebody having to kick you out or, you know, like I see with some sprinters now, it's like they're 35 and 36 and 37. Their last good race was seven years ago and people, you know, are, are whispering behind their back, why does, he not, why, does, why does he not quit? Why does he not get out? Like everybody with two eyes can see that, you know, he has no chance to, um, to be anywhere close to where he was before. Why is he still sticking around? I didn't want to be that guy. So I guess, yeah. It did give me some peace to, to at least be able to look back and say, hey, the door opened and I went, yeah, I'm getting off at this stop. What was your favorite destination for the Olympics or the World Championships to visit? Um, it was nice to have the Olympics in Atlanta. Um, that's where my mom has lived for 30 years now. Um, but my favorite destination was Sydney. Australians love sport. I think even more than Americans and maybe more than any other country in the world. Really? So to have the Olympics there um, and to have my friend uh, Kathy Freeman light the torch mm-hmm. um, and that, that was that was pretty amazing. So um, I, I have to say my favorite Olympic destination was Sydney. I, I didn't, Barcelona wasn't fun and I did not like Athens at all. So um, yeah. I, that, that really leaves two and then <sighs> Sydney gets the nod. Uh, what was it about Athens or Barcelona that you didn't necessarily like? Um, Barcelona was like 113 degrees. Oh man! Every day it was like it was like having the Olympics in, in Nevada. Um, and for Athens, um, that 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 Olympics left a terrible legacy on Greece. Like you can trace Greece's financial woes to they overspent on the Olympics, and it was you know they're they're the birthplace of the Olympics. So of course they figured they had to put on the best show, and most of those. Olympic structures just sitting there now, like collecting dust and literally just like, you know, housing stray dogs. I didn't like Athens because it was just after 9 11 and the security was ridiculous. And then 
it was almost like they weren't ready. Rio was like that too, where like you arrived there and they were still like banging nails into wood and, and everything. It, it, it didn't look polished. It didn't look ready. Um, so I think Athens just, you know, just left a really bad uh, impression on me. I don't think anybody's favorite uh, Olympics is Athens. Okay. Um, talk to me about your transition from running the Olympics to now covering it. Um, before I had, um, before I had retired, I had started to kind of put some things in place. Um, I was injured and didn't compete at the world championships in 1999 in Seville. And I wanted to sit at home and feel sorry for myself. And my manager at the time said, nope, get on a plane, come here, we'll find something for you to do. And I fought him tooth and nail, but he eventually went out. So I went there and, um, because I wasn't running, I was available every day. And uh, British Broadcasting Corporation, BBC, said, hey, you know, we'd like to put him on our air. And I wasn't calling races, but I was sort of like the pregame, you know, like when they go to Charles and Ernie and Shaq and and those guys, and they sort of talk about what they expect and make their picks on it. I was, my introduction to broadcasting and sport was doing that. And I really enjoyed it. The British audience tends to be very, very tough. And they enjoyed it, and I got you know good reviews. And I think from there is is, is where the the bug kind of bit me, and I said, oh wow, this is, you know, I can express my passion for my sport without actually um, competing. Uh, so that was '99. I was retired five years later, um, but I had you know the ability to put at the top of my resume, you know, 1999 uh, broadcaster for the World Championships in Seville with the BBC. That's that's a pre- pretty significant input. And then they actually hired me um, to cover the 2000 Olympic uh, trials for the United States because I'd be there with my teammates and my, my club mates, um, Maurice Green and so on. While they had to compete, I'd already made my uh, my Trinidad team. So I got to do some, some actual uh, more broadcasting, just kind of sideline reporting and so on from there. So that gave me another entry into my, um, into my resume. So, by the time, I mean, I retired in 04. By 05, I was on CBS doing the uh, the NCAA championships. And in two years, I was on NBC. And I've been there ever since. Okay. So you were nominated for a Sports Emmy Award. What did that mean to you? Very significant thing in my life. It's as, To me, it's as important as any um, Olympic medal and, and world title that I've won. And here's why. When I got into the business, I looked around and I said, okay, so I have to have something to chase. I'm an athlete that's just in my nature. I'm a sprinter. And uh, just about everybody said, well, you know, the, the, the gold medal in this in this business is is an Emmy, a sports Emmy. But, you know, that really only goes to, to big sports, you know, baseball and football and basketball and hockey. And I was like, yeah, says who? And I, I'm sure people at the time probably looked and said, look at this fool. He just got into the business and he's already like, you know, you know, thinking he's going, you know, thinking he's going, he's worthy of, of, of even, you know, being in the running for that. So when I did get that nomination, it was significant for me, yes, but it was also significant for my sport because nobody in America had ever been nominated for, for an Emmy for track and field before me or after me so it's the kind of it's the kind of story that i use when i talk to young people about you can't worry about what's happened before you (laughs) you have to go in there and look at it and say you know what i don't care if anybody's nobody's done it before 
I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then set yourself that task because it really wasn't that long after sort of identifying that's what I want. And of course, I haven't won it yet, but just being nominated is, is, is so significant for the sport. Um, there really, there, but there really wasn't that much time in between me saying that's what I want. And then, you know, actually, 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 you know, getting closer to it. It was it's probably about three or four years. Okay. So other than track and field, what are your favorite Olympic events to watch? Um, I really enjoy watching gymnastics. Um, I've been watching since, you know, the days of Mary Lou Retton. Dominic Dawes is a friend. Um, of course, we have Simone Biles now. It's, it's just, I feel very fortunate that, I have gotten to be around to see the greatest of all time. And I don't know who's ever going to suppress Simone Biles because you look at her and you look at what she's able to do and you go, okay, she is, she's from a different planet. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody who's been the best all around or been considered the GOAT before her looks at her and goes, I could never do that. So gymnastics is a, is, is a, is a favorite, diving is a favorite. And then on the, on the winter side, I really enjoy watching Olympic ice hockey, and that's not something I would ever think because I don't I don't watch the NHL, but Olympic hockey, um, the the dimensions of the, the rules are a little different, and the dimensions and so on are different. So, um, I really find myself enjoying those uh, those matches, those games when I go to um, to the Winter Olympics, which which I also cover as well. Okay, um, what where have you gone? What are your spots? Where what was your favorite spot to go for that? For the Winter Olympics, yeah. I really enjoyed Sochi, <laughs> in part because Sochi is um, a Russian city on the Black Sea, mm-hmm. just on the coast of the Black Sea, and it was the Winter Olympics, and it was like some days it was like sixty-five degrees. They had to like truck in the snow and so on because it really was not particularly um, cold. Um, Pyeongchang in uh, in South Korea was freezing. <laughs> Um, I've only done two Winter Olympics, so I, I know which I, I prefer warmer climates for Winter Olympics. Um, I think being from the tropics and being from, from the Caribbean. But um, Pyeongchang was was a better games, but Sochi was my first time being at a Winter Olympics. It was only my second time going to Russia, so I think it made more of an impression. But um, it's in my contract, so I'll continue to do Winter Olympics. Okay. Well, uh, Atta, I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you for agreeing to speak with me. Absolutely, man. Always a, always a pleasure to talk to the young folks. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. All, All the right. best to you. Thank you.